Well, kia ora te whanau and welcome back to another episode of In the Sheds on Code with Kingy, where today I'm chopping it up with a guy who once single-handedly defeated the Warriors <laughs> and who also now happens to run an Instagram page from Moodle, that being Isaac John. So, bro, first off, very grateful for your time and how's things? Yeah, good, bro. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the intro. Um, yeah, probably the one good game I played against the Warriors and I happen to be them, so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Now, at the moment, I know that Sydney's in lockdown, and uh, you're also tackling like the the whole 75 hard challenge. But has that made life any more difficult for you? Because I know that you're a very positive guy. So, where you at with life at the moment? No, I'm very mindful of what I say about COVID because I've got a lot of friends who are business owners, um, who run cafes, who run different types of services, and they're really struggling right now. Um, but I also need to speak my truth as well. I actually really enjoy these these phases where you sort of just lock down and focus, man. And obviously 75 hard has really increased that. So I've sort of really narrowed my focus into a lot more working out. I'm doing a lot of reading at the moment, doing a lot of online courses. Um, and yeah, just, just cranking it with business and work and working on some individual projects as well, which I'm, I'm excited about. So man, for, for me personally, um, I'm going great during this time, but um, I'm also mindful of everything going on in and around me. So uh, yeah, it's a weird, weird place to be. What about the boys around you, the whole YKTR crew? Are they managing their workload well? No, they're good. So we're an online business, so we're not too affected by it as well. So more people at home, they're more screen time. So we wanted to be doubling down on content, but they're good. Uh, Jackson's just got over here so he's had lockdown in New Zealand they treat it like a lot differently over here like Sydney's like I live in Bondi so everyone's still out and about in Bondi it's not like the the streets are, are dead so um, he's he's sort of adjusting from doing a New Zealand lockdown then coming over here so he he's probably the one feeling a little bit more but everyone else is sweet alright well we'll crack into why I got you on the show bro and I think for anyone who's going to be listening to this podcast they know your story about transitioning from professional rugby league into entrepreneurship which Mm. initially was to do with clothing Mm. but then also in recent times you branched out into sports media so I thought this would be a great time just to start off with you know maybe you talk about why you got into that space and what sort of your goals are for YKTR sports moving forward. Uh, the reason why I got into it, I was just kind of like in Australia and New Zealand, we sort of really built off the back of negative media and gossip and uh, I just found like mostly league I come from rugby league, obviously. Most of our media over here is very negative. So you looked at Fox Sports. They've got shows like NRL 360, Controversy Corner. And all it was is just all the older guys bagging all the younger guys. So I just always thought there was a gap in the market that sort of Monday to Friday that no one sort of really paid attention to. Um, what it is now compared to how I see it is like completely different. We're mostly a podcast platform. We've been affected by COVID over the past couple of years. So it's always sort of been based around us. But initially just wanted to build a media company that takes out the middle and connects player to fan and fan to player. And that's always kind of been our ethos. So create original shows in and around that, um, create podcasts, which we're already doing. Um, just create a great in, uh, media experience for fans to watch. And we pay attention to a lot of American media and like, if you look at basketball, basketball is my second favorite sport, but I never watch a full game of basketball. Um, I, I want to see what like LeBron's wearing. He's just, just jumped into Space Jam. I want to be paying attention to that. I like seeing his kids come up through the basketball ranks. I love seeing all the rookies come through high school and, and, and come through. I love seeing what people are wearing. I love seeing what people are eating. So that's the kind type of media I pay attention to. And I just felt like there was a gap there in the market for it. So I'm going to try and exp- exploit that for, and really plug ourselves into that gap in the market over the next 10, 20 years. 
Um, I, I'm not in a rush. We're only a year and a half, two years old. And obviously COVID has fucked us and hasn't been the greatest business model, to be honest, in terms of cash flow coming in. But I think there's a gap there, bro. I honestly do. And um, yeah, I want to try and be the guy that does it. 100, bro. And just to speak my piece here, this is part of the reason why I started my podcast. Um, I've got a few mates who play professional rugby union over here. Yep. And I just feel like, like you said, there's a gap between you know their stories and fans. Like It's always like that middleman and the news outlets, which... You know, from time to time, do a pretty good job of, you know, relaying stories, you know, like the the kid who came from nothing or the guy who battled through injuries. But like you said, there's a lot of negative media around a lot of the stuff that the boys do. Um, and yeah, I, and I mean, you've been in the professional ranks and this stuff hasn't just, you know, come out of nowhere. It's been going on since day dot. So why do you think that no one else has tried to do what you do? I mean, like the guys at Bloke in a Bar, you know, like Denning Kemp, he started a couple of years ago, but do you feel like just because you have that relationship with a lot of the current players and former players, that makes it easier? Uh, definitely makes it easier. Like I do, like I pretty much can message anyone in the NRL at the moment and um, got friends in rugby union at the moment as well that I can message and ask them to jump on. So that relationship was really important and I trust them. Um, why have they haven't done it? I just don't. Like old heads, bro. Like you got old heads and 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 traditional media. And the way traditional media works, the more negative, the more views you're gonna get. The more views you get, the more you can charge advertising costs, and the more popular. And people love gossip. People love gossip. Do you know why, bro? Because it makes them feel better about themselves. Like you hear about the old mate down the road, and he's just fucked up. You're like, oh shit, that makes me feel better. So we sort of gravitate towards gossip. Media is built off the back of gossip, and I never wanted to be a gossip um, column. I just wanted to be storytelling. So like we, I don't, I don't know why no one's really exploited it, but. Man, sometimes you just do what works, and and for traditional media, your Fox Sports over here, your Sky Sports over there, it's just what works, bro. It's, it always has and always will be. There's always going to be a place for that because people want to gravitate towards gossip. People want to gravitate towards negative media because it makes themselves feel better about their lives, their own lives. So it's always going to have its place. But there's never been an option over here in Australia. So Den and Kemp's been going for six years now, seven years, and he's really started to grab. Um, generate momentum over the past maybe year and a half two years where he's a credible source right hey bro thanks he's a credible source right now so man like there's a gap for new age media that targets 40 to 15 year olds and rugby league numbers are dropping down because there's so many options kids can have so the the way you got to do it is pump up the athlete that's an entrepreneur that's a vlogger. Like Kalen Ponga is like the perfect example. There's kids going like, I want to be Kalen Ponga. When we were younger, mm-hmm. we only used to just watch the football game and like, fuck, he's the man. I want to be like him. I want to be like Dan Carter. I want to be like Carlos Spencer. But then now that's not enough for the younger kids anymore where they don't, they don't just watch 80 minutes and go, fuck, that was a good performance. They want to know what Kalen's up to. Fuck, why is he Why is he backflipping off, off a house? Like, bro, what's he eating? Like, And, that, and that's that's – the type of media that's really intriguing to the younger generation. And it needs to be short and sharp and punchy because attention spans have gone a lot shorter. So there's obviously a gap right there and whoever can do it best can um, build a pretty good business model and build a pretty good fucking business, to be honest. Like you can actually affect change. So I want to be that guy that pivots towards that direction. May not be us, but it'll be someone. It sounds pretty straightforward though. Like this is all stuff, like all the stuff you talk about, like what the boys are reading, what music they're listening to, you know, I've always wanted to know that stuff. And I just would have thought that given the access that the news outlets have to the players, they'd be doing that type of research, but they just haven't. Like you said, they they get stuck in all the negative stuff when that stuff arises or they just report on the games. Like 
none of my mates these days go online to read about like a game report. You know, they just watch the game for themselves. They'll go on Twitter, they'll go on Instagram, they go and check the players like stories after games. But like, I know that they're all old heads, like the ones running the show, but surely they have somebody next to them that's a little bit onto it to know that they should be tapping into this sort of, you know, this untapped potential. Oh, sort of the, you know, the 80, 20 rule as well. So you got to think saying like, um, say you're a, you're a burger store and you sell a cheeseburger and that gives you 80% of your revenue and 20% of it, you got a chicken burger that gives you like a fucking 20%, you know what I mean? You tend to focus on, on your cheeseburger and that's what their cheeseburger is negative media. So when you're, when you're a multi-million dollar company and this type of media is bringing you in millions of dollars and actually I, apparently I heard Fox Sports actually lose money off the back of it. But if, if that's bringing you all the money, you see, you just focus on that, bro. It's smart business. It's like, that's what you do, especially when you're at that level. So we sit down here at the bottom level and go, why aren't they doing this? That's why. Cause that type of, that cheeseburger is making the money where we want to focus on making chicken burgers and we will specialize this and then say 10, 20 years from now, chicken burgers are the popular thing. That's going to be us. We're going to be the guys that, oh, these guys have been doing it for 20 years and stuff like that. So man, I, I can see why they do it from a business standpoint. Um, but yeah, there's, it, it gives us a chance. It gives gives the, well, I call us sub-media. So there's the big media and then sub-media, the smaller categories that sort of branch off and, you look at a sport like rugby union, and you know that's really big back in New Zealand. Um, but it comes from a super traditional. Like over here, you have to go to a private school to play it. Um, mm. It's a very white collar sport. So you got white collar people running it. They don't care about social media and and <laughs> and what the boys are eating because they've come from these traditional things. And bro, rugby union in Australia is like, bro, I, I, yeah. I can't name you. I can't name you five wallabies. Well, that's interesting. Like, have you talked to Jackson about that at all? Because obviously he came from stuff. And I mean, you talk about like the 80-20 rule about them or stuff supposedly making millions. But it was only a couple of years ago where they planned to do a merger with another news corporation just to make sure do you reckon stuff everyone. Make? Sorry. Oi, Jacko. How much money would stuff make? Stuff? Yeah. Do they kill it or now? Oh, yeah, they kill it. <laughs> just- interesting, bro. I, I wouldn't think that because print's dying. Like, that's... That's just like almost non-existent over here now. But apart from like my grandparents used to get the paper every morning. Mm. But yeah, no. But it's moved online. It's that. moved online. So they just put it behind a paywall, mm. and you pay a dollar a day. It's the same shit, bro. Media is yeah. still media, no matter how you consume it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. So yeah, rugby union over here, like they've just they had to, they signed up to Stan. So you have to watch Stan. You have to have yeah. a Stan account to watch it. They got like a hundred million dollar account, but there's no free to air rugby union. All right, it's cool. Weird, um, well, it's going, yeah, yeah, bro, 100. Diving into a deeper question, though, like you talked about how big rugby is back here, and although it comes from a traditional background, um, again, the marketing of the All Blacks, like I don't feel like enough is being done to market not only the brand because of how big it is globally, but also the individuals and just how cool a lot of these guys are, which you would have come to learn by rubbing shoulders with a few of them. So, you know, like, like, what do you make of, you know, that space at the moment, like from your perspective, you know, coming from a media and an entrepreneurship background? Yeah, um, massive, massive, massive growth. When you look at the All Blacks, I kind of like how the All Blacks are branded a little bit. It's kind of like Lamborghini and, and mm. Louis V, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, fuck, yeah. bro, what are those boys doing behind, like, those walls? And, like, fuck, why are they so cool? Like, they're always dressed in All Black mm. as well. Like, their uniforms look – bro, I bought some All Blacks bro, here the other day, bro. I was like, fuck, this shit looks cool. 
Bro, I was just going to say, though, do you like those like denim jackets that they're wearing? Personally, I don't think they're. Oh, I haven't I seen them. I haven't, on that. I haven't seen them, but um, maybe Richie Moore will be able to pull it off or someone cool like that. Yeah. But yeah, mm. there's, there's so much growth for um, the All Black Sea. The way, I, the way I'd like to see it is I'd love players to get their IP back as well. So players don't actually control their IP when they're a football player. And so you say, like, say NRL, for example, and I wanted to film Corey Norman on a game day. I can't film it on a game day. So from for that 24 hours of game day, the NRL controls the IP of the player. And that would be the same in Rugby Union and the All Black. So I, I should have control of my own IP. That's my name. Like, I'm the one who's trained and got there, and I know this is the platform. Like, you guys are going to make money anyway, but you, there should be a position for me to make money in a certain different way. And obviously, NFTs is a pretty exciting space coming up. Um, do you know what NFTs are? Yeah, so like non-fungible tokens. So this should be like, say, Adi Savia. You should be able to buy a non-fungible token for Adi Savia and the money goes to him. Like, you know what I mean? Where at the yeah. moment the NZRU or the All Blacks would own his IP. And which I, like they do pay him and I do get that side of it. But then there should be options for other play, for players to make other revenue streams off the back of their own IP. It's very much like the NBA. NBA own half of their rights. So when the players go, we're going on strike – they have to come together and, and like there has to be a negotiation between say like NZRU and the All Black players because they own half the company. So they get half the profits and stuff as well. And I think, and a lot of people are going to listen to this and go, oh, they're just being greedy. They're already getting paid good money. Now they've got options to make better money. Nah, you got to think of it like, man, if I own a hundred percent of my IP, my name's on the line now. Like I'm not going to be going out, getting blind, getting pissed because this fucks up my personal brand now. Like a lot of the times in union or, or rugby league, you're one of 25 guys. And if you go out, um, you kind of like, you know what I mean? You're just one of 25. But once you start thinking about your own personal brand and then the ones that are really smart, they're going to figure out how to make an impact. They're going to figure out, oh, cool. Now I can start up the Adisa Via Foundation and, and potentially I can fund like 10 Samoan kids from, from the Wellington area um, to go through university or, or go to camps for free because I know – what it was like for me as a Samoan kid and, and like I'm just sort of rambling here but you can see the type of impact that you can have and you see someone like LeBron yeah. who started up um, the I Promise school like he's he's putting kids from rough areas through school and university bro that's fucking impact and that impact comes off the back of leverage and he owns, owns his IP so I think in this next little phase you're going to see start start seeing players move a little bit smarter and and uh, and and move into businesses and then really bring in community and really make fucking a change. Like, I'm, I forgot who I was talking to. Might have been TJ Perinara, and I was going, if your goal is just to be an all black, that's not a big enough dream anymore. Like, you want to be impacting those from the Potidua area, bro. Like, he's a, he's a proud guy from there. Look at someone like Aaron Smith, and he's down in Otago, or he comes from Manawa too. Like, he can, he's from Fielding, I think, and he can actually mm. impact those types of people from there. He's almost a hundred cap all black at the moment. Like that's fucking pretty inspiring shit. You know what I mean? So, and it's, it's about leaving a legacy behind once you leave the game as well. So, and I think that comes back to owning your IP. I think if you look at someone like Artie Sevier, for example, he's trying to make a lot of moves in that space. I see that he's just sort of launched that uncommon mm. creative co with one of his business partners, which is really cool. And well, I remember a couple of years back, he actually gifted his old school, like the whole first 15 with boots, mm. you know, so that's, that's not quite the same as what LeBron's doing in terms of like uplifting kids and, Bro, um, you think, and you, poor social. You think of yourself at a high school and all black rocks have a fucking pair of boots, you know what I mean? A lot of families yeah. are under pressure. They, they can't even afford pairs of boots. 
And you got big, you got big Islander kids with wide feet. Once they do one side step, bro, they're ripping. You, you know what I mean? So you, you've got you've got an all black rocking up, bro. That's impact. Like I remember Henry Farfelli was the first NRL player I got a con, um, signature from. Fuck, I, like I remember that. So these mm. these are the types of moments that really really matter. You can actually make an impact off giving someone a pair. Of, like what's a pair of boots? Like a couple hundred bucks for someone like who's an all black or like that's fuck all. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, but the, but like Artie, Artie's probably the guy in New Zealand that's moving. Like he, he's not that old too. Like he's he's and the scary thing about Artie, he's in his prime. Like he's is he the best number seven in, in the world right now? He'd be pretty close, if not the best. Well, Sam Kane is apparently, but that, Sam, I don't agree with that. But yeah, that that's that's an argument for another um discussion, bro. But yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's horses for courses. So Sam Kane mm. will be better for certain games. Artie will be. For, better for other games you know what i mean so um but he he's he's got his own clothing company he's got his own podcast he started uncommon i know he's up with those boys in indigo um up in with monty beatham like he's got a bit of equity in that so he's moving smart man and even from a young age he was asking um fuck what's his name victor what's the big someone dude from wellington super smart as a Victor, like he was asking him about like property from like 1920. So he, he's moving very, very smart. So um, I like how Artie's moving right now. He, he can he can see the future. Yeah, but definitely a trailblazer for the union boys. But one of the things I like, well, one of the, yeah, one of the things I compare, you know, rugby league and rugby union to is the celebration of the characters. So if you look at the moment over in the NRL, you know, guys like the Cheese, um, Josh Adokar, Latrell, and, you know, those guys are celebrated for just being themselves where he's like you, you cross over to union and a lot of the all blacks and i get it because you know it comes from a more traditional background and you almost have to just like toe the party line but i remember last year you well, i didn't see the video but you talked about how you uploaded a video that aaron smith shared with your body sculling a beer mm. and about how like hey bro nah, you got to take that down because yeah. you know that doesn't fit with the all blacks image but it's like like what you went on to say after that about how you know, it's not like kids who are watching the All Blacks game with their parents don't see them drink. So, like, why do we hold the All Blacks to different standards? And I feel like that's part of the reason why rugby is becoming so much more unrelatable is because these players are like robots and they're not being allowed or they're not encouraged to be themselves. Yeah, so, I, agree. I don't know. Have you got anything to add into that space? Yeah, um, I agree. Um, but you, like, I'll go for, like, the devil's advocate as well. Like, domestic violence also increases off the back of All Blacks losing within New Zealand, like, on that night. So you can, you can ask, like, people start talking about those different types of scenarios as well. But, man, I, I don't even know the All Blacks boys drunk. Like, I thought when they went on tour, they weren't allowed to do shit. <laughs> it's not till I met them. I was like, oh, do you guys drink and shit? Like, that's how squeaky their image is. So, yeah, mm. like... One thing I've sort of figured out pretty, like, especially in entrepreneurship, and I, like, get on the piss and shit all the time, and I'll film it, and people come through, I was like, man, you just want to be yourself, because when you get caught out in public, and you're actually doing things that people don't think you're actually going to do, that's when it starts to create drama, and I just, like, like I said, like, this, it should be okay to fucking watch the boys sculling beer out of a fucking Blitters Low Cup. Like, that's mad. Only time I've mm. ever missed football, and we've got tight with the Melbourne Storm boys, was after their GF last year. Bro, they all had the goggles on. Bro, they were all smacking bears. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that. that's what should be celebrated. It should be okay to have a bear. And I live in Australia. Like, they, they're, they're like, oh, NRL players shouldn't drink. They're the standard. But as soon as you get a long weekend, fuck, everyone's like, oh, cool, I can drink Saturday and Sunday now. Australia Day, everyone gets on the piss. <laughs> as soon as it's a sunny day, it's like, oh, it's almost rude not to get on the piss. So 
And then you got parents, like I said, sitting at home drinking a beer and saying, don't do that. When I was more infected by what I seen in my own house than what I saw on TV. So that was kind of the point I was trying to get across. But then obviously you've got to – like All Blacks are mm. the most mm, successful yeah, totally. team ever. They've got the highest success rate, like 92 93% in the whole world. So obviously what they're doing is working. And like I said, that, that sort of mystery of like, fuck, what are these All Blacks boys up to? It kind of makes them – it's got this mystique fucking thing about them and it's kind of cool. Yeah, I wish they would just drip feed us stuff rather than just keep us completely in the dark. But I was just going to ask as well, with you being over in Australia and you've been there for some time now, do you see any differences between like the fan engagement? I, I just feel like Australians probably take themselves a little less seriously. Like you only have to look at stuff like the Maddie John show, mm. which I love. And we don't have an equivalent back in New Zealand because I feel like if we did, you know, there'd be so much backlash about how, you know, things need to be a bit more PC. You know, this isn't going to um, encourage mums to get their kids to play rugby and yeah, I, I don't know. Like, what have you found? You know, obviously you're a key when you come back from time to time, but mm. how do we compare to Australians? Um, yeah, very different and like two different, completely different sports. Wait, hold on. Just flat. Uh, two very com- different sports. Like I said, it's very much white collar and blue collar. So like a lot of the guys have come through private schools and, and been educated in that way. A lot of our best players come from small country towns with no money. And that type of humour really resonates with us as well. But there's also fucking a fuckload of haters within rugby league. You jump on Twitter for a second, man, they're just giving you a bag in your flat. But I do like, I do love Kiwi humour. Like I obviously grew up there. Guys like Crowell goes wild. <laughs> mm. like that, that's one of like my favourite shows. So I wish we had those types of shows over here. But like you said, we've got those sort of larrikins that really um, resonate. The Maddie John's, um, Brian, um, Heine and Fletch, they're funny to watch as well. Yeah, it really adds to our game because it brings a different element. It brings a bit of comedy where if you look at Rugby Union over here, you get like Robbie Kearns like talking about scrummaging. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I love when they get into the first scrum. It's like the best, like, fuck, who gives a fuck? So that's the – and they had Honey Badger here for a while who was like – he made me pay attention mm. to rugby union a little bit. But yeah, you do need those characters. And by these characters in New Zealand, it's just a different type of humour. It's, it's like not as loud. It's a bit more awkward. It's a bit more dry. Um, it really resonates with Kiwi people. And we've got like three or four Kiwi boys in here. Um, and we all love that type of humour. But over here, it's just like a little bit more louder and more like pay out. Like we'll pay each other out a lot. Where um, and back in New Zealand, it's like, oh, it's a little bit different. So it's, it's a fine Take balance. It it's a it's a fine balance, but um, there's obviously a space there for as well. Yeah, I was just say, I know a few boys that yeah, like I said earlier in the podcast that play you know fight the hurricanes and whoever, and you know these guys are hilarious, mm. but you don't know <laughs> everyone outside of their friend group doesn't know that, and I feel like. And, you know, part of it, you know, some guys just want it to keep it small circle and I get that, but I feel like there's other guys who would do really, really well in that sort of media space, but because of, you know, just the potential backlash or them wanting to just, you know, avoid any um, any risk that they they play it cool and that they're missing out on these opportunities like you see with someone like a Brandon Smith over in Australia who's you know, <laughs> going to kill it not just on the field but off it. He, Brandon Smith's a really smart dude so I'm in a few group chats with him like we were both into cryptocurrency and sports cards and, and shit like that. All those Melbourne boys man they, they're, they're the equivalent of the Crusaders back home they seem to win everything uh, but like once they get onto something bro they study it they study it they study it and he's moving like he he's moving I was talked about how smart Artie's moving 
he knows his character is hectic cheese. So he's just building it up, building it up. And all, he's coming off contract soon. So all he's doing is just building up his marketing as well. Because clubs start to see him. Not only is he a gun, not only is he a premiership winner, but he knows how to market. Like clubs want those types of players because it builds a fan engagement. More fans come in, more money comes in, more people buy merch. It's just a positive effect. And he's moving like that. He gets himself brand deals because he's the hectic cheese. He's, he's doing budgie smuggler deals and he's doing fucking Hungry Jack deals. You know what I mean? And the best thing about yeah. it, bro, he's authentically being himself. It may be an exaggerated version of himself, but it's, it's himself. So when he goes out, people have seen him on the piss and they see him at the pub having a the beer. They're not like going, ooh, what are you doing having a beer? You're in an hour They're like, oh, fuck, that's cheese. Can I go have a photo with him? So, yeah, that that's the difference. That's the difference right now. And man, he's, he's moving like really, really smart. Like you look at um, a lot of American sports and a lot of people have these sort of alter egos that they sort of play up to. He's just moving like that, man. Deion Sanders, prime Think- time. <laughs> Well, fingers crossed we get some boys in the union space doing that. Um, and I don't want to make this podcast just a big sort of this problem spiel. So I'm throwing the reins to you. And if you were in charge of the All Blacks or in charge of, you know, the marketing of rugby union in New Zealand and Australia, doesn't matter, what would you do? Like, how would you make it more relatable to fans and how would you get more engagement in? Uh, just hard knocks, build, build a hard knock show sort of behind the scenes. So like a lot of people like train and stuff the same. So if you if you think of about like the All Blacks might do a weight session and then they do a field session, like all that in between stuff. So say there's an hour between weights and field, but I'd have cameras around them everywhere just following them. I'd be back of the back of the um, video sessions just recording, not giving away all their secrets, but like speeches and just that all access stuff. Everyone just wants access now, bro. So you, you give um, – New Zealand fans and all access after an All Blacks loss. Imagine, imagine um, having cameras in the World Cup like after they lost. You know what I mean? And just seeing how, seeing what people say, seeing the natural reaction of emotion. Man, I think that's where the gold lies. I'd be doing that. Um, I'd be building up personal, not characters and stuff like that. But man, just each there should be like five documentaries going into a Bundesliga Cup of each player and where they sort of come from. Just that vibe, bro. That's that's what yeah, that, it is. It's just access. People just want access. Mm. Well, that's what Sky Sport did this year. They picked out five Super Rugby players, and they did like an all access thing, and that was cool. I, I probably would have liked to have seen a little bit more, and I and I understand that it was like the first go round. So of course, guys are going to be a little bit hesitant with stuff, and you know you have to be respectful of families, and like you said, like the the club's protocols and not giving stuff away. But that for me, like that Aaron Smith one, I'm not sure if you watch it, bro. Like that just painted a picture of like what his life is like and how much detail he actually goes into games and his trainings with and it's funny I, um, I don't yeah it's powerful bro it's funny um so when when he first put that together he sort of reached out to me and goes oh bro do you think this would be mad to do like a day in a life i'm gonna get a guy to come out and film it and stuff like that so like, we were talking about this maybe eight nine months ago bro so it's kind of cool that like to see the long tail of it and then sit on the podcast with you and go fuck that 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 was like it was mad eh? it, was, it was cool to watch yeah, bro. Stop Vigi, coming to Vigi, fruition. Vigi might with fucking um, poached eggs and shit on top, or Marmite. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that's a weird combo. Even like he had like that back brace thing, bro. Like, I, you know, that stuff's all cool, and you know, I'm never going to be able to afford that. But just yeah, being able to see him um, so candidly, yeah, I, I don't think, I think there is space for more of that, bro, moving forward. Um, and one of the other things, bro, I'm not sure if you're too familiar with the rivalries that go on, you know, with with the rugby union, um, and it's probably a space that. I feel like there is, again, more room for growth in. So if you look at something like the North-South game we had last year, and we tried to make that like state of origin, but 
I personally thought it was it was marketed horribly and even now just because of the way that the the game's going and you know all the players you know interlinking with each other because of the All Blacks groups and whatever and the Māori All Blacks that we don't have the rivalries and unions that we probably see over in league um, do you think that there's anything we can do to build that stuff back up uh, I'm just trying to think of like obviously like everyone like I'm in the group chat with TJ and Aaron and stuff like that as well so obviously when the boys play Crusaders everyone's like fuck make sure you beat him mm. like, yeah, Crusaders is the only yeah. one bro yeah because yeah. they win bro that's, that's the only reason why though Um, yeah north south but you, you gotta look at origin bro it's built over 30 years like you guys had mm. one one crack at it so eventually over time you can build it and wasn't like wasn't Geordie Barrett playing for like the wrong island or something like that he was playing yeah, for bro. the south island so stuff like that can't happen for one because it's like I go, what the fuck's he doing over there? He's from Taranaki. So, uh, there's there's definitely, I don't know, man. You guys play a lot of, there's a lot of union that's played over there. Obviously, you got like the NPC sort of style, then you got Super Rugby, then you've got, I don't know if you really need to, like, unless you, do you know what would work? Maybe New Zealand Maldi versus like a Pacific Island team. Do you remember like 2001, they had a Pacific Island team mm. and Rupini and that, and they had that red, white and blue uniform and they bro that team was one of my favorite teams to watch maybe if they build that type of narrative and you, you don't want to make it about race but you give sam knocker a moldy jersey and you you give richie moonga representing like tongan heritage or something like that or you give tj perinara and aaron smith a, a moldy jersey as well like you know what i mean and then they they go into camp for a week and they're staying on the marae and you start to do a hucker and stuff like that that's how you get impact into it that's like because it's already got history People love Origin now because it's got 30 years of history. They can relate back to it as well. So if you build something around that sort of narrative, I think it could definitely work. I only ask because, you know, I feel like the fans are, you know, well, they're showing it with their attendance that that there isn't a lot of interest on the ground at a lot of the games. Like if you go to a Hurricanes game outside of a finals game, you're not even getting like half the stadium there. And I feel like the fans play such a big part when it comes to rivalries that, there's almost like this space between the fans and the clubs because there's just no relatability. You know, it's not like you the players, they come from all over the country. So it's not like they're representing like Wellington or they're representing Taranaki. Mm. And so I know there's been a lot of talk about investing back into our NBC or our provincial competition, but the, the argument from the NZIU's point of view is that you need to have the best players paying the best players so that way when they get to the all-black level, they're ready for it. Whereas yeah. if you just had a domestic competition and you had the talent all spread out and they're playing with, you know, your average Joe every third or fourth position, that it's actually going to diminish the All Blacks quality. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And they had that sort of New Zealand only style competition last year. And that was a like really good rugby to watch because like I've got a mentor over here who loves rugby union and he goes, I, I just watch those games there because the quality of it is so much higher. So you get the best players again. So I get that. And I also get the like, looks cool when Ali Savier goes back and plays for his club as well. But then bro, he's just jogging and just going like, and then kicking goals and shit. It's like too easy for him as well. So there's, there's both sides of the argument. You could grow it, but man, I got, an, I got a hat. Um, heckled for this last time where Artie was on. I said, I just don't think Wellington Stadium's like a great stadium to watch football at. Circle. Like, you're in a rugby mad nation, you're building a fucking circle stadium. Which is, I'll get, the, I'll get hate yeah. for this. Well, well, the thing that my old man actually told me was that, well, because you've been to Wellington, bro, and you know how windy it is. So it was having like the circle stadium to begin with, but then it was meant to be covered, but they ran out of money. <laughs> and so, so it was meant to be like Forsyth Barber, like down in Dunedin, but yeah. they ran out of coin, and so they had to stop the building or whatever. Um, it's and, in yeah, a mad spot too. Like it's Wellington's mm. vibey. Wellington's a cool place. So, but they should knock it down and build 
pretty much what um, the boys down in Highlanders got. Little roof off the top, bit more squarer, brush cricket. See you later. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be opposed to that, my man. Um, that's a wrap on pretty much everything I wanted to cover from like, the YKTR sports perspective, bro. But since you are a former professional uh, in the rugby league space, what I'd like to do is that I've got two segments that I'd like to end on, and I know that I'm pressing for time, but the first one is, could you run us through what your game day routine was like? Oh, it was pretty casual, bro. Sort of... Um... I don't think oh like I don't but I honestly don't think I had one. I had I had two people. I remember this guy when I very early on, I forgot he was like very routine and like he had to eat like spag bowl before the thing and he had to have like bacon and eggs on, on a certain style of toast. And like he was so routine with it that whenever his routine was out of play, it would actually fuck up his whole game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So say we stayed at yeah. a hotel and they didn't have that type of um, brekkie, like he'd be fucking like sketching out, bro. So that kind of threw me off routine. If I was in it now, it'd be I'd be very routine, um, have a couple of different options. But at the time, bro, I didn't really have one. I never got nervous going into games. Um, uh, only time I was nervous if I didn't prepare well for the week. So, man, go for a coffee, go home, have a sleep, shower, roll in. I was always got strapped late too. Like I wanted to get to the um, change rooms and, and like, I don't want to get strapped and sit around. I wanted to get there, get strapped and you pretty much walk out and, and, and train. So I used to roll like that. I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. I'm fucking a lot more like routine based now, but at the time that's just what I did. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that time there, but so I'm, I'm just trying to be respectful as possible, bro. If you got to jump and prepare for your next hey, podcast, right. go, go, go. I can hold off. No rush. All right. So it's called, so this is called 10 in the bin, bro. So it's got 10 questions for you. Cool. Um, and if you could answer them as honest as possible, that'd be great. So question number one, what is your go-to vessel at a pre-drinks on a night out? Uh, <laughs> spicy, spicy margaritas at the moment. Bit mm. fancy, bro, for a boy from Toke. <laughs> but no, uh, honestly, you, even- you have four of them and you're fucking like buckled. So, yeah, I've got this little bar just around the corner from my house. So I go down there, have four, and then, yeah, I'm on my way. Right, well, to give it a try next time I'm out. Um, who was the biggest coach's pet that you'd been around in your career? Oh, Louis, uh, Louis Brown. So he runs a brand called Earls over here. So he was at the – every club I was at, um, so me and him were always at the same clubs, and Ivan was there, but I used to, like – I used to call him, like, brown nose. <laughs> so, like, he used to get along with the coach as well. Um, Elijah Taylor was probably the second one as well. Like, coach used to love him. Uh, but, yeah, probably them too. That's a good one. Um, who uh, – sorry, what was the third one? <sighs> Sorry, bro, I just lost my train of thought there That's running right, up that passage. Um, question number three. Uh, who was your idol growing up? Uh, Joey Johns. Union or league? Joey Johns, easily. Uh, I don't know, I grew up in New Zealand and that was the time when Stacey Jones was coming along. But my, I think my dad just goes watch him play one time and he just sort of dominated the whole field. So he was always sort of my guy, a little bit looser as well off the field, so which made him fucking a bit cooler. So Joey was always my guy. Yeah, bro. A bit before my time, but yeah, I've definitely watched a lot of the highlights. Uh what is your uh, go-to cheat meal? Uh, chicken and chips, like Nando's. We've got this place over here called Frango's. It's like Portuguese um, and just got some sh- some chips with it as well. Chicken salt is probably my go-to as well. Love love a bit of ice cream. Okay. Love a bit of ice cream as well. <laughs> uh, what was your least favorite fitness block when you were a player? Least favorite what, sorry? Fitness block. So was there like uh, one exercise that you drew to doing? Yeah. So like I think you guys call them Broncos. Um yeah, we just used to call them 30, 40, 50s. So 
Yeah, that any anything that one point two around that five minute block was fucking used to hate. So that was that was everything else I was all right at, but I used to just hate that. I think mentally you should just fuck me because I, I I could always get through it and always make my time, but it'll just fuck me, hey, for some reason. I think I built it up too much. What is your most regretful baller purchase? So what I mean by that, what is what have you gone out spent a whole lot of money on, and then like the next day or the next week, just gone like, if I did not need to buy that. Um. Probably a few nights out, to be honest. Like, obviously, when I go out, I get a, get a bit excited and things are going well for me right now. So I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'll fix up the bill and then beat it down a couple of <laughs> Just shit like that. And then, like, sometimes, like, and it's not about me shouting it. Like, oh, I'm, I'm the one doing it. I want to be in a position. But, like, sometimes some of the dudes are just like, like, they didn't pretend to offer. So I'm like, all right, fuck, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, bro, I know a few of those guys as well. Yeah. Uh, guilty music pleasure. Guilty what music? Music pleasure, bro. Yeah. So, who's an artist in your Spotify that you, well, the, the, pro, the boys probably don't know that you listen to? Um, do you know what I've been mean? like? Do you know what gets me amped, but it's like a bit weird? Like um, The Lion King, like Can't Wait to Be King. You know that song? Yeah, yeah, I do not. Bro, bro yeah. like, do you know, I was, I was down at these bars doing a workout the other day and it, like it come on and it was on my phone and I was like, oh shit, I better turn that off because I don't want people knowing that I listen to that as well. Listen to it, but no, do you know, uh, a bit of S Club 7 as well. They're probably my favourite. True. Love running. So does that get you dancing? Yeah, fucking know. Yeah, you <laughs> bro, that follows into my next question, bro. What is your go-to dance move? Uh, Melbourne Shuffle. Bit of an old school What's one, that? bro. Oh, look at Melbourne up. Shuffle. It's like a, you start off in 2008, it's called like the Melbourne Shuffle, but it's just called like a shuffle now. So that was kind of the All vibe right. back in the day, and that's when I was out partying. So that was my vibe. All right, I had to look it up. Uh, who's the biggest grub you played with and against? Um, Josh Reynolds was always like super annoying. So he played for doggies, man. He's just like in your face, and for no reason, man. He's just pushing your head in the ground, stuff like that. Played with. Uh, played with Russell Packer a little bit. He's one of my good mates as well. So he was always a little bit niggly. Loved a bit of a forearm to the head late. So, um, yeah. I don't know. He's always running like elbows up and shit like that. He's fucking annoying. I'm glad I didn't have to play against him. It sounds like the perfect guy to have in your team, like you said, opposed <laughs> to playing against him. Um, and last one, bro. Just finish off the sentence for me. Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Not everyone, bro. You'll be surprised. Oh, what do they say? What's the weirdest one you've heard? Uh, probably not weirdest one, but guys go like family oh. <laughs> or rugby. <laughs> some some guy even said rugby, bro. And I was like, oh, that oh, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so, that makes sense. You play rugby on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah Saturdays for the boys. Yeah. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Legend, bro. Um, well, like I said, uh, right at the start of the podcast, bro, very, very grateful for your time. I love the way that you do. It's so infectious, just the energy that you bring on your Instagram story. That's pretty much the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Um, I'm gutted to hear that you're not going to be coming to Wellington. I was, mm. I bought tickets for that thing. It's called Mahi Connection. So hopefully that just gets pushed back to a later date. Um, I think it is, bro. I but, think it is. So, but yeah, I um, I'll look forward to thanking you in person for doing this podcast. And um, when you finally get over here, but from now until then, my man, stay safe and healthy. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks, Isaac. See you later. later.